Hello and welcome back to another episode of uh, Future Talk with myself, Sam Kluska and Harry Moy. Today we're going to talk about learning. So I think we talked about kind of reskilling and maybe um, job automation and, and how that will sort of change people's direction. But we haven't really talked about how people go about learning day to day and what is the future of learning as well. So Harry, hello, how are you? Yes, I'm, I'm all right. I think it's a bit it's a bit sort of difficult to talk about sort of what, what I've been doing lately because... I suppose we only just finished recording the previous episode because we've been batching them. So rather than trying to give off the illusion that there is uh, a week's uh, a week's difference between episodes, I just give so, you yeah, another so, opportunity to talk about anything yeah, else. Just feel, just feel, still feeling, still feeling drained. No, you're not, um, you're not energized. By no, not I'm, I'm, I'm as much. No, tree energy isn't isn't seeping through. Mm. Still, I mean, I think the last one I said, yeah, it's only about millionaire, but I don't think I've reached billionaire yet. <laughs> yeah. Indicator. yeah. <laughs> yes, it's it's teetering on thousand air. <laughs> you, you know what it is. You know what it is. So I can't remember the exact like phrase. But I think it's like it takes a month to create a habit and like a week to break it or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's what's happened to me. Mm. And I think I was saying to you that what I have to do is I have to get to the point where I just have properly like fucking hate myself, and then at the point in which I hate myself that's when I'd probably kick myself into gear and sort of get into the thing. But I have to get into that point of, of hatred. I thought um, you just had to say trillionaire energy and then that's it. You it's, it's, uh, it, it used to be I could just say trillionaire energy. It wasn't the fact that it'd, it'd, it'd be energized, but it was more if I was doing, like if I was like browsing my phone, just kind of like swiping on my phone, just doom scrolling. If I just said trillionaire energy to myself, then I'd stop doom scrolling. <laughs> but now, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's, it's because it's no longer seeping through my veins, I guess. Yeah, um, maybe I just haven't been reminded myself to train energy enough. So uh, other than that, yeah, I've um, I've been going to the rugby more recently. Been able to start going out into uh, went to the, yeah went to football, went to rugby. Might go to the ice hockey uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. I've been to uh, a lot of sort of doing a lot of things. Kind of yeah, in the UK, I think really po- like COVID is over. Feels normal now, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's which has been good. I haven't been like properly like out out since uh, since COVID. And then actually on Thursday. Um, a Twitter friend of mine uh, DM'd me about an event that I might be interested in, which is like this public policy and tech sort of thing where they're getting like people that work in tech or people that have got like an interest in tech kind of meet it up and talk to people that are interested in public policy and stuff. Okay. Um, and, and it's, I mean, it's in London. So I've um, in the evening, but I kind of thought to myself, actually, part of me was thinking like, okay, well, what, because obviously I've then got to travel to London on, it's on a Thursday. And then there's like the Friday. So obviously I still be working on Thursday and Friday we work. So, but I thought to myself, well, there's probably an asymmetric upside, right? Like I thought I'm probably going to meet interesting people that I you know, enjoy talking to. Um, and one of my friends has said that I could just stay over at his house on the Thursday evening who, who lives in London. So I thought, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Just do it. Uh, going to cost like 15 pounds to take the train. So, but that. Uh, and yeah, hopefully it'll be a, an interesting event. Yeah, because uh, London's big on your agenda nowadays, isn't it? It's, London uh... is very big on the agenda, yeah. Because I just don't think that in the UK, like if you think about uh, if you think about US, the the political capital of the US is Washington DC. The media capital of of the US is um, is probably like Los Angeles. The the finance capital is New York, and the tech capital is now Miami. Uh, is is now now Miami, but yeah, San Francisco. Um, <laughs> The crypto capital, Miami. Oh, that's, that's uh, a or, disrespect. Disrespect in Cyrus's name. But London is the finance, political, media, and tech capital 
of the United Kingdom. Ooh, I love that setup. Yeah, you tilled that off nice. Like it, that's that's what it is, and mm-hmm. so that's why um, that's one of the reasons why I want to uh, want to move there. You know, I go to London quite often, uh, and pretty much every person that I've spoken to thinks that it's a it's a good idea. And I've actually, yeah, brought I've even brought my mum on side. Yeah, uh, she she thought that it would cause me to be destitute. Uh, you know, I'll be homeless on the streets if I move to London. But <laughs> she, um, yeah, but she's she's uh, been brought on side. It took a lot of a lot of a lot of discussions, but but she's now on on side with that. So yeah, London's on the agenda. That's one of the reasons why you know going into software engineering, going back to software engineering, um, just that that sort of thing in tandem. Ideally, I want to work for you know, quite a smaller company uh, and used to organisations that are at least two thousand people. I'd like to work for a company that's only got say a few hundred. Um, but yeah, so. Uh, and and yeah, London just allows you know we're we're big fans of uh, uh, <laughs> of serendipity. Yeah, <laughs> and, that's uh, the best word. Yeah, and um, and I just think that London can also uh, help foster that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you reap what you sow, isn't it? Still, in that you can move to London, but you still got to really put yourself out there, go to these kind of events that you talk about in order to get that sort of asymmetric upside for the cost that you're outputting. Yeah, yeah, and I mean. I, I actually have this kind of uh, sort of a, a bit of a hypothesis, but I need to test it out by actually moving there. But I think that almost recreationally, it could be cheaper to live in London than elsewhere mean- because because I just think the availability of like free stuff of like things. If if I try and think of of where I live now and most places in the UK, if you want to do something that's free, so if you want to do something, you've got to pay to do it. Mm-hmm. But there's very little kind of like free stuff. But I can imagine in London, there's plenty more free things that you could do because you've also got all of these events and stuff that are going on. Like this thing that I'm going to this th- on this Thursday, Thursday evening, it's not costing me any money. Yeah. I mean, there'll be, there'll be the travel cost probably of taking the tube and stuff. But it, it's, yeah, it's not going to cost me. It's, it's going to cost like very little. Um, and even then, like, you know, oh, I'm bored on a Saturday evening. I'll go to a fucking, I'll go to the Tate or I'll go to the British Museum, of the British Museum with, that contains every other country's stuff in it and probably <laughs> very, very, actually is british uh, but um yeah but i, I just i just could just imagine that there's actually so much more stuff to be able to do that is is free in london i need to test that um i need to test that out a bit a bit more but that sounds yeah. like a, a really good writing piece actually is, is is doing that and sort of recording your findings yeah like going out of your way to find free events and, and like evaluating how good they were yeah and like, yeah. what what did they produce for you in terms of like meeting new people or like your enjoyment and stuff like that? I think that's a really good idea. I, I actually want to try and expand like my writing a bit and sort of go into like one of the things that I I, I want to give a, a give a go is sounds uh, a bit it's a bit more like travel writing and just kind of um, I was I was speaking to because I I have like this this sort of these weekly writers workshops and I can't remember what we were doing it. I can't remember how it came up but basically I was mentioning yesterday how um, when we're in when we were in Vegas and we were at a pool. We were at a pool party, and we basically tried. We're like convincing people that we were lords. <laughs> it was a very blurry day. It was because it, it, it was um, Meghan and Harry's wedding that day, and so we were saying, "Oh, it's a real shame that we didn't get. You know, it's a real shame that you know we got the invite, but we couldn't. You know, we couldn't go because because <laughs> we decided to come here." And they they were they found that really interesting. They're like, "Oh, but, you know, maybe you should write about that experience of of." convincing yeah, yeah. just trying to convince girls that we're lords and so that kind of made me think that i've I've got quite a few like different stories of like when i've when i've been to guangzhou obviously vegas i think when i went to dc and so i went to dc by myself um those sorts of things i was thinking maybe given that uh, a go 
of uh, of writing. So that's that's actually a fair bit. I mean, it's only been an hour since uh, since the last time I told you how it was. Yeah, uh, and it's <laughs> managed to to to, to give you uh, to give you that that lowdown. So how about you? Uh, I quite enjoyed ringing. You're like I was like ringing the towel there, and I was getting every last drop of information. <laughs> Did you want that though? Or you yeah, that was good, mate. That was really right, that's good, yeah. that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, have I been? Well, I don't know, man. Like it's um, beyond, said, your, I, beyond your NFTs and your. I've just been cruising, you know. I think um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to really like hone in on the the DevOps skill set. Um, so that's kind of like my day to day job is is sort of DevOps uh, engineering. Obviously, I really hate saying that that's kind of the title because really DevOps is like a mindset, a culture, an idea. Um, but, you know, there are some tools it's, that are... A lot call it site reliability. Is it site reliability is kind yeah, of the term SRE, that's used a lot yeah. now. Site yeah. reliability engineering. Yeah. That's that's what the big sort of the big tech firms kind of refer to DevOps as, don't they? Is mm-hmm. sort of site reliability engineering. Yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah, I, it's um, it's almost a little bit disjointed now, like... I think uh, DevOps is such a buzzword that if you were to look at applications online, you need to be really careful. You're not actually joining a support role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because because um, people are well, recruiters are very aware that if anyone sees the, the word DevOps engineer, then uh, it's probably going to get a few applications of the unwitting. It's like, yes, come to my like second line support role disguised as devops <laughs> second line support is, it's fucking horrible yeah yeah Maybe it's second line everyone has to do their time right so but i mean we've done a lot of web3 recently and we're going to do that again um yep. but my yep. my day job is is devops and ultimately i, I want to pro- uh, progress that career i really like web3 um there's a there's a slight confidence thing isn't there with with web3 like how do we if we were to apply for solidity engineering roles or, or sort of like general web three roles, how do we, how do we validate ourselves beyond the hackathon? Um, and it's really hard, I think, unless you joined a junior role, which would probably still pay quite well. I think it's really hard to break into that, that sphere, unless you had like a significant amount of like advanced repos that you could show off. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key thing. Um, I think this actually does kind of go nicely into the topic that we're sort of talking about of learning. It does actually. Um, oh yeah. But- shit. But the uh, see you're you're already good at I'm too good on those on the segways. Um, but if you actually think about it, like the the kind of the the most popular consensus mechanism is like proof of work, mm. and in a way like that's what things have moved to is like proof of work, like your repos is and you're making your repos of web three applications. Let's say if you dApps, that is proof of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so that's why like portfolios and stuff are, are becoming quite big. But but actually, I think that some of this, I think. The, the hackathon, the, 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 the Web3 stuff that we were doing, I think that's actually quite a good thing that we could talk about sort of experientially about learning now yeah. online. Um, so, I mean, so what we did was we, we did this, um, uh, we did a hackathon that was in uh, Web3. And so for Web3, what you really do is you write Solidity code and then you write uh, like a React application. So React is a front-end um, kind of framework for... Uh, that use JavaScript, we use TypeScript with it. Um, and yeah, we we taught, we learned Solidity, we learned React. Uh, we did some courses beforehand, um, one better than the other. I think yeah, I, I guess it was uh, like sort of like one giant end-to-end learning piece. And I suppose just to tr- like track back a little bit, a hackathon in, in the techie world is, is basically a time-boxed um, project whereby... Um, devs get together and try and a solve a problem or b sort of take on challenges and, and try and solve it through code um 
and there were a few challenges that we had. Um, some were to deploy to specific blockchains. Some were to uh, conduct a, a, a specific transaction. So uh, one of them was to swap tokens on SushiSwap um, programmatically. Um, and, and like, yeah, different little tasks like that. And we we ended up doing the SushiSwap one where we had to swap some tokens as like a beginner task. And that was kind of like one of our, uh, yeah, one of our ones to just break us in basically. And then our final uh, hackathon idea was was our sort of main hackathon project, which was uh, Bondable, uh, which was Harry's genius Web3 Bonds idea. Go to bondable.app. um but yeah i mean like we we come into it really we knew about DeFi, we knew about cryptocurrencies from a higher level we didn't necessarily know it from a developer engineering level um and so it really was from zero to 100 yeah we had a reasonable understanding of of DeFi and sort of the DeFi ecosystem i would say uh we hadn't really been active participants in it it was just purely knowledge yeah Um, you know i did a bit of yield farming um but but that was that was sort of it um, but then, yeah, we, we had no real experience in the stuff. I think really it, the only stuff that we had really known was kind of tangentially kind of just programmed before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so we, the idea of doing if statements or for loops and things like that isn't, isn't new to us. You know, we're not having to learn kind of the fundamentals of programming. Uh, it was just more of sort of the syntax and some of the more unique things that say Solidity has and some of the unique things that, that, um, yeah, so the, the, uh, has. the properties of the frameworks we're using. Yeah, yeah. But I would say Solidity has a few things that are just slightly different, just things like, you know, message.sender and, and gas all those sorts of gas yeah. and, uh, and just those sorts of considerations. But we, you know, we, we've got these courses, um, uh, the, the, the blockchain one and the React one. I think the React one actually really wasn't that good and it was more expensive than the... Uh, <laughs> you bought into the name a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the Solidity one, I mean, that was like, what? That was... 15 pounds yeah yeah and it was a lot of i mean to be a honest, lot of content yeah i mean i'd say that the quality of the content actually it was a bit bell curvy like i feel like towards the end the, the quality actually did drop off okay but the stuff about actually learning solidity was really really good mm. um it was definitely good value for money i would say um, uh, uh, yeah i was blown away by it. i think you know we should probably state that it was from Udemy. If if you're familiar with Udemy, yeah, I think it is just kind of a bit of a shit show. It's it's an absolute crapshoot. If you're going to get a good one or a bad one, I think I I bought a Terraform one. And it's so so bad. Like it's unreal how bad it is. Um, what what lack, made it bad? Lack of enthusiasm. Reading straight off the PowerPoint that he's flicking through. Um, examples not very interesting. Uh, just really like for me for me like the lack of enthusiasm was a big one. Like I need somebody to. You're presenting, right? You've got you got to learn how to. It's it's public speaking, but it's virtual, and you're not actually speaking to the public. So it's a, it's a bit like uh, I mean, it's basically just like the what the difference between a shit lecture at uni and a yeah. good lecture at uni. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? But and that's the thing. Like, I think this is why learning is such an interesting topic when it comes to how we're doing it now, how it's going to change in the future. Is that I think when people have made online courses. They've almost disregarded that they need to be interesting people. Like they need to feel it, like be enthused when they're talking. Otherwise, people aren't going to be satisfied with their with their course that they're selling. Similar to as like if you had a boring lecturer, the pass rates probably aren't going to be great because mm. people aren't going to be like captivated by what they're saying or or engaged. Um, and yeah, I really struggle with the Terraform one. But yeah, man, we, I mean, well, you you got it first. You hit the nail on the head with that Solidity course. I think without that we were pretty stuck and I wouldn't know actually, I think we had a few other sources that we could have tried out, but 
that really we didn't need to go anywhere else that one was perfect yeah but what i would say though and i wrote this um because i don't think you've i still don't think you've read it which is my uh, reflecting on first <laughs> okay okay let, let me let me bring it up now i'm gonna bring it up now um and in in that uh i one of the things that i sort of talk about is is that we sort of did these courses but actually most of the learning I would say really came from, I guess mainly, probably mostly on the react side, actually kind of, and maybe that's just because the course wasn't that good, um, came from just failing. (laughs) Yeah. Just things not working and just trying to figure out how to get it to work and just doing it. And I think, and I guess this is one that's, it's, it's difficult because I think this is one that's kind of more, more to do with like, not so just programming, but anything that is to do with, um, anything that's kind of craftsman y um mm. where you're making something it's a very good point i'm thinking i instantly thought baking like how oh, like, been at baking like the only way you're going to get good at baking is by keep baking yeah yeah and and spotting where you've gone wrong mm. and how you can improve where you've gone wrong uh and so that's where i think that for us you know we did a, i think most of the learning came from things going wrong than us uh sort of resolving that um but but yeah it was it was I mean, but the thing is as well, I mean, you know, you think about it, this, this opportunity came about for the hackathon was, it was free, you don't have to participate to enter, you win money, we won some money, I actually need to get back to the person. We got an email today, didn't we? Yeah, we got an email today about the money that we, some of the money that we'd won, we should have won more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, and, and you know, I mean, it, but the thing is, it was just one big giant learning opportunity as well. So if anything, it, all it had, I mean, in, in reality, and I guess this is one where if you're somebody that wants to do programming or you've got an interest in coding or something, hackathons, like for me, asymmetric upside. Unreal. Pure man. asymmetric yeah. upside. Like the learning and the potential money that you can win, the the clout that it gives you as well. Because yeah. now we've got, I mean, we've built a product. You know, we've got, we've actually made something mm-hmm. and have it deployed. Like, and then, so you've kind of got the thing that we're talking about, uh, the thing that I sort of mentioned earlier about this idea of proof of work. You've got the proof of work. So you've got like a portfolio project. You've learned a shit turn and you potentially win money. And yeah, I would say asymmetric upside all the way. It's, um, uh, I, I'd simply say everything to gain, nothing to lose. Yeah. And like, it cost me nothing but time, really. Yeah. And it was time that we had. Yeah. Um, and, and going into the next one, we'll probably not need to use, we'll probably be more efficient with the time because as well, we've, we'd have, we've learned, you know, where do we go wrong? Um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we've, we've learned, we don't need to, to relearn yeah. um, a lot of it where mistakes are made and, and the, the type quite time costly. Uh, and yeah, the next one we're entering has got some like $20,000. It's like the main prize. <laughs> it's a nice incentive, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I've but, just got your post up here and you start with, we stared blankly at our screens after hours of frustration. And you know, that, that's kind of probably why people fail. I think is because the frustration is, is rife. Like it fucking is, badly frustrating yeah there's there's a bit sort of later on in, in there where i sort of talk about the dip and uh, and i think i gave the dip was that thing that i put on the whiteboard when you were over oh yeah yeah, yeah the yeah. graph the better yeah. we got the graph and stuff where and how you you kind of have to push through the dip mm. you either quit before you enter the dip or push through when you're in the dip because if mm. you if you quit while you're in there there's no point uh and you know we we push through we push through the dip um and yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was a great learning opportunity. Uh, and I think it was another example of how, you know, the internet sort of helped supports learning with, you know, we've sort of touched on Udemy uh, as, as like a platform. Now that's where you're kind of paying a premium for courses. But I think what is, 
the stuff that is there on Udemy, what's good is it's kind of coming packages of product, right? The course of packages of product. Um, and so it's like material that is um, bundled together and it's just easy. You know, mm -hmm. the stuff that we learned from that course, we could have learned it for free. Yeah. But we would have had to like scour through the internet and do all that. So we actually, the, the money that we spent was actually more of a convenience thing as well. Yeah. Because we're we're not having to go searching and discovering and trying to find this thing that we're learning, uh, uh, but that's one of the other beauties of the internet is that now um, you got a choice. You could take the lazy thing that we did, which is we just pay for it, uh, or if you if you don't have money that you can just spend on courses, you can find the stuff that you want to learn. Well, I mean, you know, most tools you use has documentation. Yeah, it's just. Um... You know, sometimes when you when you delve into certain pieces of documentation, that some are better than others. I think the Terraform one is really good, like really, really good. You could follow that along and get working pretty quickly. But I, I have struggled with ones like the Java API docs and stuff. It's a little trickier to to follow through. Um, but yeah, it's been it was such a good experience. It kind of made me think back to university, and I yeah, and I kind of thought, I mean, this 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 student loan is like hanging over my head a little bit. And it's, it's really annoying. Well, it's just kind of annoying that I've seen, like, if you if you add that on top of the tax that we already pay, it's getting quite and then and Yeah, with, with the <clears throat> with the national insurance um, yeah. hike, I think it's like you take home 53p for every pound yeah. that you earn. Yeah, it's like those on a higher bracket. Obviously, you, you, people would argue the university got you onto this kind of, like, 70k job if, if we were to get there. But then you are looking at some sort of, like, 50% tax. Yeah, including the the student loan that you would pay back, and it's kind of I don't know, man. It's a bit just a bit sad. I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity. A university was a great time, but really, like, what would future me do? Uh, what would present me do now? Going back to past me then and say, like, w would I say, you know, mate, you don't really need university if you want if you want to avoid the monthly costs out of your salary. I can give you some avenues to take that you just have to yeah. make sure that you put in the work yourself to to get your skill set up and just like have a bunch of github repos to validate, to validate yeah but that. i guess that's one of the things that university kind of gave you is it gave you a load of it's validation uh, i would also say a lot of common people that are going towards the same goal and mm. that alone that kind of accountability in a way kind of accountability like helps you but yeah. we when you came over uh and you stayed you stayed over at mine and we were doing the doing the hackathon like we hustled and it was literally just I would say that one of the things that was motivating was just, even though we weren't even like, at times that we'd go like an hour without even talking to one another, just by being <laughs> in the same room doing work, it was more motivating. Yeah, yeah. It's the dependency, isn't it? You don't want to let each other down. Yeah. So I think that kind of, um, that that bit kind of plays into, uh, plays into university. But then as well, I mean, I think one of the things that you've got as well of um, with learning and, and particularly with the internet is this idea uh, you hear it a lot said now, if, if depending on what kind of corridor in the internet you walk down, um, you've got this whole learning slash building in public. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Where, I see a lot of Twitter profiles sort of going down this, haven't you? Yeah. And the idea is that as you're learning, you are writing, you are creating something that is about the stuff that you're learning because mm. it's the idea of the Feynman technique where uh, what you you don't truly understand something where until you kind of explain it, yeah, uh, until you can explain it well. Uh, and that's kind of what cements your understanding. So if you can, uh, if you learn something, the, one of the best things to do is actually write a tweet or write a blog post or make a YouTube video or something. And the the, the benefit of doing that is kind of double-sided because you have on one hand, you've got 
the fact that you're learning, but then on the other hand, you've then got, you've created something, you've created a piece of content that can make you discoverable uh, and can can help people sort of find you and, you know, could almost like build this idea of the process. And I suppose up for criticism as well, right? Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's the right kind of criticism. Yeah. yeah. Where it's kind of people kind of explaining where you're Furthering your knowledge. Yeah. 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 So um, that's, that's one of the things as well that the internet sort of provides. And that's one of the things that I think I would probably do and I probably should do more, which is trying to kind of do more of like learning in public. And well, I mean, like. you've got a fair amount of cred- like a credibility in this space anyway, because of on deck, right? So you, oh, thank you. you <laughs> credibility. The credibility is, is, is fully there for you because you have, yes, you had to pay for it, but you have sort of gone headfirst into this. Well, as you say, like a people going for one one common goal, but it's it's in a it's in a different format to university. It's it's online. It's all self yeah. managed sort of thing. And I think... I'm I'm officially on. Did I mention this to you? <laughs> so it's another on deck course he's been signed up for. Yeah, I'm on the on deck catalyst that starts mm. in a week's time. Congratulations! Thank you. Now you are now you've got credibility times two. I know. I just, I don't know how, I mean, with, with the fact that, you know, encode clubs are the people that do hackathons, they've got their encode Academy, yeah. um, where we've oh, sort of learned yeah. about solidity, the bootcamp yeah. thing, you've learned about solidity and stuff. Yeah. And, you're and full on right now. And, and mate, I don't know how I'm fucking managing to manage my time <laughs> <I really> <laughs> don't, <laughs> because as well with this job search, like the, yeah, just the job search, uh, as well. And trying to like, trying to upscale myself in like where I've not I don't do well. It's a good thing about the internet. Like one of the things I really struggle with is algorithms and data structures and stuff like that. And I'm yeah. really kind of getting myself better at that. And that's thanks to the internet. A load of YouTube videos we're watching, but all of that stuff. And then still trying to do like trying to keep some sort of cadence with podders, still trying to like keep cadence with blogging and stuff like that. Mm. Like I don't know how I'm managing my time. And then then also the other big one is fucking working full time as well on yeah, top of yeah. that. Like I don't know what I'm what I'm going to do in my time. Like I think this this next two months is uh, I can't I can't have thousand air energy. I think I need to go fucking beyond the trillionaire energy, yeah, quad, yeah. quadrillionaire, <laughs> quadrillionaire <laughs> energy. energy. That's the only way that I can uh, I can really yeah. You, you spoke about like avenues to go down. It sounds like you've gone down a fucking entire borough basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean i was um i was sort of saying to um to my 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 friend tom was was, was saying this to me about how about to go out on deck because we he and i met through on deck uh, and he's joining us for our hackathon he's going to be in our hackathon team the goat the goat the goat because he is uh, a, a class at uh at and yeah so he was saying to me how he just sees it's been purely um, and this is, I'll probably use this word so many times now, but it's purely asymmetric upside. Yeah, you, you, um, you're getting I in do. there now. Last two I know, episodes, I know. But yeah, he, he he was saying you <laughs> should almost do that. You should do that as, yeah. a, <laughs> as an episode. Um, and where you know, pay cost like what's this? What this one on debt rights cost about fifteen hundred? No, fifteen hundred dollars. It cost me about twelve hundred pounds. Yeah. Catalyst. I've actually got a scholarship for that. So I've got a discount of 50% on that. So this is going to cost me about 800 pounds. And yeah, I mean, I would say that the stuff that I learned from on, that I've gained from on debt writers was like way worth like 1200 pounds. Yeah. Like way, way, way more, like at least 10 X that. Uh, and I think this could be the same as well, at least 10 mm-hmm. X the um, thing. So 
uh, yeah, this, but this is a different model, right? Cohort based, um, cohort based learning, um, community based learning as well. And it, it, I think that you're starting to see a lot more, uh, a lot more kind of courses following this model of doing cohort based learning rather than just making a course and just producing it. Yeah. Kind of, because those kind of courses you'd sell for like a hundred pound, but these are the ones, these ones, if you put more effort into it and do the cohort based ones, you can charge you know, a lot more money um yeah I, I know a guy that paid uh if it's several thousand pounds for this one called building a second brain which is one that i've been tempted to do uh and he said that that was like like he said it was incredible and part of that was the community that it was in and that's one of the mm. things that helped me a lot with on deck one of the things the great thing about on deck is it's been the people that i've been talking to and um sort of the the, the connections and and some of the friendships that i've made through that and you know, I mean, you think about it, wouldn't know, Tom wouldn't know the goat, uh, you know, that, imagine if he helps us win the, uh, win that hackathon for 20, yeah. <laughs> 20k, you know, yeah. definite, definite 10, 10x, uh, 10x on the, on the cost of the course. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, uh, you see a lot more go in this kind of way, uh, because I think as well, that kind of community-based stuff really gives more value to people because those connections that you're making mm, and it's not to say that this is the reason why they do it but almost the fact that you are cohort is kind of like the people that are selling the course to you are leveraging you they're leveraging you for a better experience because if you if like you were to buy an online course and not do it with anyone and not have that ability to bounce off each other then if the course is a bad course then you'll highlight that it was a bad course so but if so you do I, it as a cohort, then maybe you, it won't feel as bad. So I can see, I can sort of see what the point that you're making, I think, is, is kind of a good one. Okay, but I take a, a different perspective on what you mean, which is that in a way, one of the things that's motivated me to go into this on deck course is because of all the other people that are yeah. also going on this course, but they're also all giving money. Yeah. So they're all paying customers. Yeah, yeah. But it's by them doing it that is incentivized, well, is more motivating me to do it and to give yeah. them money yeah like may- maybe this is just a-, a case of on deck and it's kind of got a little bit of like a prestigious thing about it now but once that once that's been formed it's they are just leveraging you guys in order well, to-, to sell their course one of the problems that they've now well i think one of the problems that they've got and i think some of the stuff does is, is kind of the the point of like quality dilution of people mm. like once you start allowing too many people on you begin to actually dilute the quality of people and therefore um that incentive that motivator goes i see so like you've got to keep to keep yourself at the top of the pedestal you need to balance it well yeah i mean i had to interview to get onto yeah. this thing both of them both the on deck stuff, I, had to, like, well, I, right? I had to yeah i had to interview to get onto them yeah. even though i mean in code academy was free but on deck like i'm giving them money yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a customer of theirs and they're interviewing me i suppose some unis do that you know you look at you look at like oxford and cambridge and stuff and like the interviews that they make people do um and i guess that's that kind of point of like quality dilution hmm. um to be honest i didn't even think i'd get on <laughs> i actually felt like i did shit in the interview really yeah i didn't think i did well i, I don't think that uh because uh, it's meant for young people as well and i kind of felt feel like a bit of a granddad because <laughs> it's for people that have got like no more than like five years experience in work you're just there right literally just there like literally yeah. five years in a week yeah um but yeah it's uh i i, I think it's, it's a really good way to learn though um and one of the things well is 
you don't necessarily need to just pay for these things. If you go on, you can find other accountability groups. Like I think Reddit's probably a good one for yeah. accountability um, and things like that. Or even just friends or people that you meet online, uh, try and find ways to hold yourself uh, accountable. That's uh, that's a really good way of learning because because it's it's making you do the thing. And yeah. by doing the thing, that's how you're that's how you're learning. Yeah, they've they've got it at work at the moment. Actually, we we have like a te- uh, DevOps workshop, which is Terraform focused. Um, you know, it's 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 because of one one individual who is like an absolute god, and I have a lot of respect for him. In, you know, in my eyes, because he has sort of banded together this group. And now it is a case of like, if you're not there, you know, within five minutes, and somebody will be like, "Oh, you come in today," sort of thing. And like, you know, it's kind of like, "Oh, there's the accountability of like." Mm-hmm. Somebody knows if you want to, you know, bunk it off, or whatever. But um, it's been really good, man. I think I think he, he seems uh, there's a little bit of frustration coming through. I think you know people learn at their own paces. Some people get it very quick. Some people are some like questionably slow um, to the point where it's like, man, how like we're, in, we're engineers? Yeah, <laughs> we're engineers. Yeah, come on. So, uh, but no, it's been it's been really really good to to do it together and. And really, I don't feel like I've learned a lot. I think a lot of the stuff I've done in my actual day-to-day work has been Terraform focused. So I've kind of like leapfrogged what we're actually learning. But the community side of it is still enjoyable. Like I'll still attend and I'll, I'll still see what's what's going down. And some of the conversations come from, you know, people not following along correctly and they'll get some all sorts of wacky errors and we'll troubleshoot together rather than like, they'll be like, I'll go on and share your screen sort of thing. And then we'll we'll go through it all together. And then even if we are all experienced, we still kind of learn something still because yeah. they, f- they fucked it up that bad. Yeah, that we, yeah. We've got an error that we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, and it's also kind of helps then helps you potentially be able to avoid that error. And you kind yeah, of know, yeah. all right, actually, I shouldn't do that because otherwise I'm like properly royally fucking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think um, there is a lot of power in what you're saying in terms of learning together. And I think I don't feel like it's probably leveraged enough in terms of like Udemy and stuff, it's probably why I've struggled with those. Apart from that Solidity course, I think uh, I cast my mind back to like A-Cloud Guru when I was trying to get into AWS learning and I did the Solutions Architect Associate as did you, but I really found that to be a slog. Like halfway through, I really started to hit a wall. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that kind of helped with A-Cloud Guru is how expensive it was. I mean, yeah. yours is free, wasn't it? Did you pay? I, yeah, mine was, free. mine was with work, yeah. But I paid for the exam, so that... Yeah. gave me the incentive to to really want to pass it and in the, and, it? and i think as well in the industry that we that we work in so just in technology things like certifications are so important like yeah getting the cert means that could be the thing that gets you through gets you to the interview stage so sort of interestingly with tech it's never ending so yeah my missus she's uh she's an accountant and she's qualified now fully qualified she doesn't really need to do much apart from like a, a very small top up which again is not really that intensive but yeah for us as techies it's quite interesting and that it really never ends it's yeah. like the, it's it's you, you were talking about infinite game versus finite game oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, 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 I can i pass on like i keep giving you my spiel <laughs> yeah. that i'm just that i'm just um that i'm just weaning off from other things that I've yeah heard. yeah and i'll start saying asymmetric upside or something yeah. Like that. yeah you already see trust me i just need to keep saying it in a <laughs> But yeah, sorry, you find out an infinite game. Go on. Yeah, and I really like tech certs is the infinite game in that you're always going to have new frameworks that will always have certificates that you could do with them. They're always going to validate if you want to go into a new position or validate that you're a senior engineer. 
Um, and that stuff never ends. And it's, it's really daunting to think about because of how grim a cloud guru was after a while. Like I love their stuff. I love their website. I think it's really interesting how Ryan Cronenberg like built, built it like all okay, through, gears. yeah and, and like the all through aws lambdas and stuff saying he had like yeah. no cost in the website it's really really cool but yeah just just that kind of learning did get old fast and I, i've really enjoyed the group learning that i've done yeah i think i think it also was just so there was so much um so but 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 on that on that note of how you sort of at work you've kind of undergone the kind of the group the group learning and you feel like that's been been quite good um, I think I, I, I'm not sure if I, I think I'm trying to think it was on the podcast I've asked you this I've definitely asked this before would you join a cohort based course I think um, I think there was a little voice in my head for Encode Academy that was saying that this would be like a really good thing to do they're going to do another one yeah they're going to keep doing them yeah and I think I might join the second one yeah you'd I think you'd get in as well yeah I think I really will get, do it because um, it's free as well yeah, it's free. One of the things we we mentioned about the hackathon, like uh, I'm a little bit lazy sometimes, you know. Like if I if I'm not motivated to do something by something forcing me to. So for for example, the AWS was basically me wanting to find another job and really wanting to do cloud work and, and more modern technology because I wanted to fulfill this whole DevOps engineering role, um, and I no longer wanted to do on-prem bullshit because that's not the future. What I got to- you in? What got you into DevOps? Uh, so my second line support role, um, when I, when I first joined the graduate scheme, uh, I was somebody that had done a Cisco course at, uh, uni, like one, just one module. Um, and also like we did obviously a lot of heavy programming, but when I, uh, applied for BT, um, it was the, I was kind of, I don't know why, just kind of like this naivety of thinking, I want to do networks. Networks are cool. Um despite doing a mainly programming course my dissertation was software defined networks so it was kind of like blending the two together yeah i was thinking it's a good job that software defined networks and all that yeah. sort of stuff is the physical the physical layer of networks probably is is irrelevant now yeah yeah exactly yeah so um when i was in the interviews i like i really didn't think they knew like what they should do with me they knew that i was like a capable engineer and that I could like definitely develop, but they didn't really understand where I f- like fit. Yeah. So I ended up going in second line support. And then within the second line support, there was uh, four pillars. So it was like applications, networks, platforms, and... Databases. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the other one. Cannot remember it for the life of me. But yeah, not really important. I, I, I was basically put in the, the applications one because they essentially see me as this like network script kiddie. So naturally the application side was where most of the scripts and stuff lied. And, and that kind of then once we'd got everything running swimmingly, we basically then wanted to learn at work about tools that we were interested in and kind of like force them into our work, stuff like Ansible, um, Terraform, uh, cloud, anywhere we could. Um, that was really like where I kind of realized that this is the stuff that I was interested in. Um, and yeah, that, that was a really, that's an interesting point. Like that I've just kind of brought up for myself is we had that freedom where we could just bring in any tool we wanted to as long as we could like show that it was valuable to the mm. business but that that kind of valuableness was like very loose like we could basically like fluff it up quite a lot just because we wanted to learn it um, yeah. and work is a great place to obviously learn uh so yeah but um i can't remember why you asked me to go down that route oh i, I was just curious all oh, right i was right. curious um but yeah so you you but do you think you might do the encode academy 
cohort based course. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah, sorry, that was it, wasn't it? It was it was incentive. It was all about incentive. So yeah, A Cloud Guru, the incentive was money. Um the hackathon was I guess money incentive again, but also like Web3, like Ethereum. It, but so it's something that sort of took our interest, wasn't it? I mean, you know, the That's idea of yeah. being going from being kind of just being able to actually call ourselves biddlers. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. It did go, it definitely went beyond money for, for the hackathon. I think we obviously talked about DeFi. We'd, we've bought cryptocurrencies. We've, we've kind of been in the space for a number of years. It's like, man, I need the validation now. Like, yeah. I, sh- I should stop talking about it and I should just fucking do it. Yeah. Um, but still, like, I wouldn't have done that off my own back. I would still need something else to to make me learn. So do you think Do you think that because we did the hackathon together, do you think you wouldn't enter a hackathon by yourself? Do you think? No, probably not. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, I, I, that's what I mean. That's why I, it kind of resonated with me so much when you were talking about on deck and, like, learning together. It, it made me realize that yes, that's most of the times I've had really good success in in my learning is doing it with people that I know yeah. for sure. Um, and yeah, like the hackathons stopped, it's ended. So is my learning more or less, apart from the, these workshops that I've been talking about. So um, us doing another hackathon is is a great way for me to like really get back on on the learning again. And even the even the thought of the hackathon coming is enough for me to like really have it in the forefront of my mind that I should like start learning now to. Yeah, we need to, to I mean, ready. you saw me release a new bondable, put some, uh, yeah, yeah. push some new code bondable <laughs> at the weekends. You should have, you should have tried to follow my lead and yeah. uh, start doing it. But no, I think, I think you're right. I think it's, but I think that there is a thing, there is a right balance as well though, where you know, realistically we can't always learn. No. We can't keep, we can't always be learning realistically. You know, I think it's like, you know, the person that I stand of, um, uh, of Ali Abdel came up with that thing of like the write-off principle, right? Just sort of like, you just go, you know, I'm going to write the day off Yeah, and you don't, you don't need to. I mean, I think for me, it's kind of been like, I'm going to write the fucking month off, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think you need that. Like, I think eventually you do get to that point of like proper sort of burnout. And, but the good thing about hack, the hackathon was it was learning application, learning application. Like yeah. you were, you were, it was constant, um, rather than just sort of very just, little theory wasn't it yeah 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 so um so yeah but i think i i think you should give a cohort based course um could give a cohort based course go because it'd be interesting to see what you sort of your what you think um, mm. of it i'd say that the the encode academy has been a lot less on the kind of the, the people front right where okay. like i haven't really like spoke like in on deck they actually like encourage you to have like one one-to-ones of people do they have that kind of like slack channel Style. There's a Discord. So it's it's in the yeah. Encode Academy Discord, which is like a private thing. But it's um but yeah, it's just not really kind of there isn't really a community there mm. uh, like there is sort of with on deck. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's only like what there's only like 30, 40 people on it at the moment. Whereas on deck had about hundred something people. So we actually think paying about people as well. Yeah. But so um, they're gonna do what they're told because they they want to get the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then when you think about it, I mean, even then, if I knew, I think I spoke to maybe about 10, 12 people, all really interesting people on our deck. Mm. Um, but, you know, out of the 100 or 100 something people that are on the on the cohort, that's technically like 10% of the people, maybe, maybe potentially yeah. a bit less. So, mm. Okay. So I guess for the next 15, what, what do you reckon is kind of the, the future of learning? I think like the easy <laughs> cliche one that I like to bring up is VR, VR learning. And like, you know, doing it in, in that sort of like VR world, uh, I'm thinking it could be anything, right? It could be, 
I, I seen one. I can't remember where I seen it. It was it was like learning about biology, but not in a lab. So like all through sort of this like virtual so, world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think computer based learning because then because then you can you can apply that kind of thing of like chemistry as well, where you could sort of, you know, and you sort of see like the the joke of like in the chemistry labs and they sort of pour the wrong chemical in, it's like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you could do that in VR and yeah. suddenly like, the risk is suddenly gone because you're not pouring the real chemicals in into mm. one another. Um, if somebody hasn't built that, that's potentially uh, an idea right there. Um, but I th- I think I think yeah I think you're right with with VR. Um, I. I think a lot of people would say online learning, but I also don't. I, 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 Are you trying to say I, I, physical learning is still going to exist? Yeah, well, what, just what I mean by is, is the fact that I think every person I spoke to that's had to do sort of Zoom university has said it's been shit. Yeah. And I mean, for me, my learning online and kind of doing my sort of internet university sort of thing, which is on deck, was actually really good. But their argument was um, the way they saw it was that it was a it's a they say it's like a buffet, so you can go in and take the stuff that you want. But like with any buffet, if you eat too much, then you're just going to feel bloated. Mm-hmm. And that was the analogy that they always used. Um, I guess with university, when that's online, it kind of pushes. Um, it, it it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's uh, no longer a buffet, is it? It's a five course meal. Yeah, and especially when you haven't got the social release that university also gives you of like yeah. doing freshers and that kind of thing um so yeah uh i guess i guess that's I, kind of like a, a cultural expectation of what university is has been taken away from you and ultimately that negates the experience i think the future of learning is um his state incentivized learning where i think the state will have to give will have to basically fund so it kind of so the state already funds people to go to uni like mm-hmm. obviously through student loans, but the state will have to fund like 40 year olds to go back to college mm. and stuff like reskilling and upskilling. So I think, so I don't really know if that's really that kind of futuristic. Is it like that? I just think that the future is people of all ages kind of needing to, to reskill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is something we did kind of bring up on a, on an earlier podcast, wasn't it? Yeah. But not necessarily much, state yeah. funded. No. Yeah. But I think the state will have to do it because I think it, overall the, the, the the idea is that you you kind of can kind of measure a person based on their economic output. And that's yeah. a really that's like a really like <laughs> that's like a really bad thing. It's a tightrope like, walk that one, yeah. In, in the sense of just just you know morally, is it right to mm. base you know to to measure somebody based on their economic output? But you know, to some element, you know, you and I, the economic output that we give is greater than the amount that we get paid. And it has to be because otherwise there's no point in paying us. There's no yeah. point in paying us for the job that we do because they're yeah. effectively making a loss. But so, so, so on that note, if suddenly you now get potentially a lot of people whose economic output becomes zero or a lot lower than, um, than it used to be and productivity drops, then it could even who, go into negative, right? Yeah. Who, who, who faces the consequence of that, the person, but also the state. And that becomes a problem for the state. Mm. So at that point, the state, the state then pays, have much money as necessary to the, the the student loan that the state paid for me has been asymmetric in <laughs> in the output in the output that is offered yeah right they gave like 27 or grand and i have to produce more than like way more than 27 grand a year in economic output so really the state has benefited significantly yeah, that's a good point so the question is actually should i even have to pay student loan back 
but that's a different yeah. that's a different that's a different <laughs> thing but that's but that's why i think that the state will have to then incentivize and have to pay for people to go back to college and go back to you know go go to university and reskill because overall they'll need to increase the economic output somehow and it'll have to come through uh, okay so on that same thread then you, you know we've, we've we've talked about sort of the um the china ai machine learning in like incentive that they've got or, or the the agenda that they've got yeah what about what about something like that where the state funds um people that go on like machine learning courses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm all for that. The only problem is, is that, I mean, for me, I mean, I don't work in machine learning, but I guess one of the problems that I kind of, sorry, that I'm conscious of is kind of the, is the dilution of quality and technology, like the dilution of pay. And, and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if too many people, like, like again, we're going to get political and stuff, but, you know, one of the potentially positive arguments about Brexit is that, you know, it's, it's actually pushed the the wages of hgv drivers and stuff oh, like, I've heard because this, yeah. yeah it's they're getting paid like 50 grand like yeah. waitrose offering 50 grand and you're gonna see the same for technology workers uh and and to be fair i mean i'm gonna give sam's political uh things away but sam was arguing for brexit back in 2016 um and and this was the argument you actually said this back in 2016 and it was one of the things that you said in favor of brexit was that it would push the salaries up um there'd be less competition uh in, in the labor force so that's something that I'm conscious of, kind of state incentivized learning, but it, it is something that will um, have to happen. And it, to some element, there probably is just January, even when even when you've got unfettered access to labour, um, like in the sense of what the EU offered, uh, there probably still was a shortage of software developers. Yeah, because it's just needed so much. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of been the um, the boom of tech, uh, with or without uh, you know the vacancies of jobs. I think ultimately. I'm kind of one of those people where like I value myself. So I'm glad that companies are shorthanded in choosing developers because really the developers are what is making the company money and Hmm. therefore they should be valued way higher than what they currently are. You know, I look around the landscape, 30 to 40 Use the word, use the word, go on. The asymmetric upside. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's ridiculous though, isn't it? Like, 30 to 40k for a developer this person is like outside of london in the uk yeah uk wage and it's also reported that uk wages are, are massively like deflated for technology yeah as well like well, you get paid for cool in comparison and to, and, to like us and and you could these people are your products in in a you know in many many ways they're, they're the ones that are generating your front ends your user interfaces well, I, I i think back to um, when I was working in financial services, I, I'm sure I mentioned this, where we changed the automated valuation model for how we, for the valuation of, of houses and properties and stuff. Um, and that was something that cost on capitalized time, uh, I think two and a half grand. So basically paid for somebody two and a half grand, like paid that their wage. Um, that two and a half grand of the time they put in ended up generating annually a million mm. for the company. Mm. Or saved it saved a million. It reduces the, the it reduced the operation by a million. That is like two. That's that's a two and a half thousand pounds worth of work to then generate annually a million a year. Yeah, yeah. that is fucking asymmetric. That is that's asymmetric squared. That's like that buying is. Bitcoin in twenty thirteen and yeah. huddling it yeah. all the way till the peaks. Um and and really only only software uh, only software could do that in my view. Not even hardware. Only only software can do that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's it's just but we we need to train more people in, in software. Yeah, yeah, and like, I'm all for it. You know, like competition's still good. I, th- I was going to say that there is a balancing act with 
there being a high number of vacancies and a, and a lack of developers, and that would push the price of the salary up. But at the same time, like you're going to start pricing out SME businesses and you're going to be losing sort of vacancies because they'll just be going under because they can't afford <laughs> to pay for those. Or, the, or they just get the shit ones. Yeah. They just get the people that aren't as good. Yeah. So, yeah. I think your your VR idea is a, a good one. We we implemented that at work of, of VR. It's to, do, um, uh, to I, train uh, to train engineers and stuff. Yeah, see, because I knew about it because it was in the BT interviews. Now there's a there's a VR stage where I, it's basically the psychometric test is in VR, where I think they have a puzzle to solve. I don't know if it's a bit gimmicky at the moment. Like that's yeah, it still that sounds, sounds a bit gimmicky. That sounds a bit gimmicky. I mean, yeah. I don't like psychometric tests. I no, did one no. yesterday, but. I mean, it's still, there's, there's, there's still some stuff to be ironed out, but that's VR in general, I think. Um, but it definitely has a very, very good platform to, to start, you know, doing these safe environment learnings. Yeah. So yeah, man, exciting. It's, it's, it's hard to carry, it's hard to carry on doing it. It's, it's definitely something that you need to do in bursts, I think. And it's something that clearly we need to do together. Yes. It's something that we need to do together, but as well, if you want to, if, if there's something that you want to learn. Um, the information is out there on the internet. Just go and fucking find it. Stop procrastinating and just get on with it because it is there. The internet will help you. Um, there may be a bunch of people that are on a similar journey, want to learn something similar, find that group. Uh, if that's how you learn best, that's how we learn best. Uh, and that's really what the what the future of learning. I, I would argue that we're pretty much living in the future of learning now. I think, it, it, and what I mean by that is just yeah. the fact that there's probably a very small percentage of people that are attuned to that idea. Um, and so while for us, it's, it very much feels the present for a significant majority of the people, it is the future. Yeah, I was definitely thinking that when you were talking about on deck, I'm not sure many people are clued up to that kind of style of learning online. Yeah. I think people know about online courses, they know about online university, but something on deck is like a different flavor in my eyes, like cohort-based learning for sure. So yeah, man, interesting. Well, cheers guys, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to this episode of Future Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, DM us on Twitter. I'm at BT Kluska. And I'm at Harry Moy. Everything we've discussed in this episode is linked in the show notes. See you next week.